And now, a bit of romance. Two girls on a quest to find which rom-com is the best. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, and welcome to P.S. I Love Rom-coms, the podcast about dukes riding horses, sad men and divorces, and romantic dinners with three courses. We're your hosts. I'm Allie. And I'm Mia. Now, usually in our podcast, Allie and I try to answer the question, which rom-com is the best rom-com of all time? And we always try to approach this question with patience, perseverance, and a gentle spirit. But for the month of March, we're feeling a little spicy and a little athletic. We're feeling a bit of that March madness. Woo! Although not for college basketball, this is still a rom-com podcast. No, we're feeling like it's time to celebrate one of the true MVPs of rom-coms, the one and only Meg Ryan. Yeah, yeah, Meg Meg. (laughs) So in the spirit of March Magnus, we are pitting all of Meg Ryan's rom-coms up against each other in a tournament bracket for three rounds of Resplendent Ryan to see which Meg Ryan rom-com is the best rom-com of all time. Because you guys, it's officially now March Magnus. Now, we have a very special guest with us today. She's the host of the comedy and conspiracy theory podcast, Lizard People. And if her life was a rom-com, she'd be a popular high school student from Beverly Hills that sees herself as a matchmaker. However, she gets into trouble with her romantic puppeteering when it goes wrong and she risks missing out on the love of her life. Josh, you guys, it's the one and only Caitlin Hempstead. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here to participate in this holy month. Now, Caitlin, we'd like to start off each episode with a little segment called Which Rom-Com Hero Slash Heroine Are You Channeling? Where we equate the experiences we've had this week with a famous rom-com hero or heroine. And, you know, I can start us off this week. Uh, This week... I am channeling uh, a uh, Catherine Heigl's character, Kate, from 27 Dresses. Um, The particular scene I'm channeling is an opening scene where Kate has agreed to be the maid of honor in two weddings. And she is constantly, Mm -hmm. like, running across town and, like, you know... um, uh, trying to try to be at both when it's at once. She's in a cab. She's changing. It's mm. it's very gal crazy. On and um, gal <laughs> on the go. And lately, I've I've been feeling a similar way. You know, I me and I talk on the podcast. Uh, sometimes we say, you know, we let our listeners know we're actresses looking for jobs, and uh, we we're looking for jobs. And um, lately, I um, the acting gods have blessed me, and I've been getting a lot of um. Uh, Zoom auditions, which um, are weird. Uh, they are in my house. Um, I mean, the, the uh, like they can see my the casting directors can now see my apartment and see my Ooh. home that I live in, and that is strange. Uh, but I'm also uh, I got used to sending in self tapes where I could make my own, you know, hours, and now I have to do this schedule again. So it's been a lot of like me, like running to do an errand and then like 
running to quick, like jump on a zoom call only for them to be like, just kidding. Your audition was pushed 30 minutes. And then it's like, great. So then I run out and, you know, like get my car service. Then I run back in time for them to be like, uh, you're 15 minutes late. And it's just, <laughs> so it's been a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, I'm, I'm being stretched a little bit thinly. Um, but you know, that just means that I'm in my act one and that hopefully soon James Marsden will um, appear with a Palm pilot for me. (laughs) So fingers crossed. That's who I'm channeling. Um, Who are you channeling this week? Um, This week I am channeling Amy Schumer's character from the modern rom-com. I feel pretty wherein she gets bonked on the head and then imagines (laughs) that she's much more attractive and then good things start happening for her. And of course, the moral at the end was that, you know, it's not about the outside. It's about the inside. Good moral, I think. But the reason I'm channeling her is because um, I was not bonked on the head, but I am running into a lot of things today. Like too many things. Like spilt. I literally like physically spilt. like you've been physically like, running I, into yes. things, not metaphorically. Like, I, just, I know how that goes. Yes, I get exactly. into those moments where it's just like my body isn't in the place where I thought it was. Yeah, I get it. Yes. It's like I knocked over a full glass of water today and I trapped my thumb between the refrigerator and a cupboard and I knocked over something else. And I just feel like I feel like Mr. Bean. But, and, you know, but no, not today I'm actually channeling Amy Schumer's character because um, because um, I'm also I've t- we, Ali and I've talked about this. So I'm getting like really organized. Right. Um, I just got like a, mm-hmm. like a whole new filing system inspired by the home edit. Netflix show I'm really like starting to like just feel in terms of being a human I'm really starting to see some like like a bit more flow and um sense in terms Mm. of how to like how to live as a human and have papers and be organized (laughs) and um I have to had to do something this week which is normally just like a huge painful process which is to order new contacts it I have Mm. a bunch of contacts and I look down and it turns out they're all expired and I googled it you (gasps) cannot wear expired contacts you can get eye bacteria so yeah I was like what happens like your eyes yeah, you can right fall out, out of and your they fall head. <laughs> fall right out. Oh you can't do God. it. Even though I did uh-huh. it for several months because I didn't realize that it was 2021 because I lost a year of my life. And that's Fuck. the truth. So oh, what I did whoa. was I went to order new contacts. And normally it's like with rebates and all this stuff, it's like so confusing. And I just ended up spending too much money. And um, all of a sudden I'm checking out and I just see a little, a little, a little thing that says 1-800-CONTACTS. We will exchange any contacts you have left over. And I'm like, Ooh. there's no way. What they're going to take back my expired contacts no and i'm like last minute it's like you know what let me just hop in the chat box talk to them immediately they're like yes yes give us your old expired Ew. contacts we that's our Ew, policy. why do they want those <laughs> i have no idea yeah, i think what are they like doing, doing with them yeah. are they is it like a tooth <laughs> fairy situation or are they just it. like <laughs> collecting we them want your baby yeah, yeah. like what like, did my mom happening? do with them no idea, but this lovely woman named Becca chatted me through. She, and you don't <laughs> normally do this, she canceled my order, redid it. I saved $200 because of all the expired contacts I had. Okay. And, oh my God. And she changed my order like three times for me, like so painlessly. And I was just like, wow, okay. All of a sudden I knock over a glass of water and suddenly I'm, you know, like just cutting deals and, and um, getting rid of, you know, I just, I just feel really like an adult who's like thriving in the world, but also being bonked 
occasionally, you know, which is how life is. Yeah. It's not binary. It's not, it's neither good nor bad. It's the good and the bad. So it's a spectrum. It's a, it's a X, Y <laughs> axis. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And that is so really who I'm channeling. Um, but Caitlin, who are you channeling? Um, I, okay. I'm going to take it a different direction. I, this Ooh. week have really been, I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big Austin head. Um, and I've been really feeling, uh, <gasps> like, Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. I just heard we, you we, we of the delay. Jane Austen for the last... <laughs> We've probably talked about Jane Austen for the last five episodes. We're so okay. You're amongst good Jane Austen head fans. We've been talking about it all week. Amazing, amazing. Okay, this week I don't know if you've already covered this one, but I am feeling like Marianne Dashwood from Sense and Sensibility. I am crying all the time. I'm falling down hills. (laughs) I um, have a slightly older man who wants to take care of me and I'm not letting him, aka my boyfriend. Um, uh, (laughs) He's one year older than me, but he's a real Colonel Brandon. Um, And (laughs) you know, uh, and yeah, and I just am like letting my feelings absolutely run away with me. And you know what? Maybe that's okay. And maybe sometimes in our lives, we just need to feel. 100%. 100%. Marianne Dashwood, a beloved character. I was recently channeling Eleanor. So I get what you're mm-hmm. saying because they're sort of two sides of the same coin where Marianne yes, right, is like feeling yes, too yes. much and, and at, by the end sort of reels it in and Eleanor doesn't feel enough and by the end absolutely loses her shit. So, and just like mm-hmm. we were saying with yes. mine is that, you know, it's a spectrum. And sometimes we're Marianne and sometimes we're Eleanor. And when we're Marianne, it's just like, you know what? Let it rain. Let the rain fall down, knowing my dreams. <laughs> and let's go stare mm-hmm. at our ex-lover's house, you know, and catch a cold and just really sit in it, you know, and that's you gotta yeah. do. And that's just let's, what you gotta let's do. Accept, let's accept a horse from a guy who really should not be giving us a horse, but like, fuck it, I'm taking the horse. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <sighs> And then, and it's also in that time, it's time to spring for beef patties, you know, like that's like what the mom <laughs> yeah. does within when she shouldn't with the budget. And so it's like when you're married and you're sad and that's when you need your mom or a friend to spring for some beef. Um, yeah. Astounded. I know. Well, what are you going to do? No, I get it. Um, if anyone wants to send me some beef after hearing this, I would really, I would take it. I don't usually eat red meat, but I would take it. <laughs> um. Wow. Well, that, Caitlin, what an, what an incredible channel you're amongst good companies marianne dashwood fans um or the wow Thank that's you. that's absolutely fantastic um and speaking of uh sort of i don't know what you would call it um i'm so bad with like this. a period piece 19th, 19th century, 18th it's century a period 17th piece. century unclear the speaking dancing and costumes make it extremely unclear yes Speaking of people from period pieces, how about that? From different time periods, mm. let's get into our uh, first competitor for this quarterfinal match of March Magnus. It's the beloved time-traveling rom-com Kate and Leopold. This film mm. was written by James Mangold and Stephen Rogers and was directed by James Mangold himself. It brought in $76 million at the box office. And this film, Kate McKay, played by Meg Ryan, is a marketing research executive but has grown cynical about love. However, when a rip in the fabric of time thrusts the third Duke of Albany, played by Hugh Jackman, into her life, the potential for an old-fashioned modern romance ignites. So, 
from the sidelines, what are our overall thoughts of this movie? Uh, Caitlin, was this your first time seeing it? It was not. I saw it in theaters, baby. I think my, uh, I'm pretty sure it was like my older sister and her friends were forced to take me to it uh, when I was like 10 or 11. <laughs> Um, and I absolutely loved it because I loved period pieces and I loved science fiction and it's like sort of both, but also neither. Uh, and Hugh Jackman, to quote the movie, what a hunk. Um, I loved it at the time. (laughs) When I was a child, I loved it. 100%. Oh, same. I had the same experience as you. I saw it at the Tigered Regal Cinemas in Oregon um, with my friend <laughs> who I frequented the movie. I saw a lot of rom-coms with this one friend, Taylor. So we saw, I believe I saw it with Taylor and her parents um, in 2001. And um, same, I thought it was amazing. I went, wait a minute, Dukes can come back to the <gasps> present and find love and, and love was better girls? back then? Yeah, and also and uh, I guess girls? it was perfect. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess that was like, and then you could just go back. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I um, yeah, really enjoyed it as a kid. Loved it. Upon watching it the present day, I was like, wow, wow, this is so interesting. I feel like I I never get to see rom coms that sort of take time travel as seriously, you know, or just like that. Like we we have this like genre melding, and in a way that like we're taking extremely seriously. It's not funny at all. It's like. Yeah, Very it's like serious. a weird like there are there are time travel romantic dramas that are stated as such, but mm-hmm. this movie is like it's a rom-com with almost no jokes. And <laughs> you think multiple yes. characters are dead for extended periods of time. <laughs> and I guess it's a happy ending. <laughs> Who's to say? I mean, Ali, had you seen this before? Yeah. So I saw this. I had a slightly different experience. I saw this when I was in college, when I went through like, I went through a very like heavy rom-com phase in college when I, the first time I ever got dumped hardcore, I was like, I just got to figure out what I did wrong. And then I was like, I know where I'm going to learn about love. I know how I'm going to educate myself about love. I'm going to watch rom-coms. Time traveling rom-coms. That's exactly how I'm going to... Screenwriters telling you how to find love. (laughs) Exactly. Two male screenwriters Mm -hmm. telling me about love and time travel is exactly how I'm going to learn how to have a good, healthy relationship in the future. Um, but yeah, I watched I watched this movie then. And um, I mean, it, what it's got Meg Ryan and it has, you know, Hugh Jackman. And so for me, that was enough. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like this. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely like I hadn't. It wasn't like this is the best rom-com I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess I was just kind of like, this is, you know, this is medicine um, for my sad, sad heart. Um, but it wasn't like I'm going to rewatch this every year, like I do with like you've got mail and, and other right. rom coms and stuff and like that. And it makes that. sense. And um, you've been burned, and she was burned, and then a lovely sort of Anthony Bridgerton character pops back into the present, and 
um, woos her. So I can totally see why that was why that was medicine and still is. Caitlin, did your how did your viewing experience change upon this 2021 viewing of Kate and Leopold, if at all? If at all. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it changed. <laughs> um, I think that when you are 10 and first starting to have crushes on boys, you will accept anything that involves having a crush on a boy as um, beautiful poetry. And as an adult, I was like, Oh, well, okay. All right. So I'm going to level with you both. Um, I don't watch a lot of rom-coms. It's not usually my genre. Um, Thank you. And so I think I I don't have that much to compare it to. But even I watched this film and was like, this is like a Frankenstein of bad tropes. Like she, 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 yeah. like she's falling down. Like uh, it's, it's like a, it, oh. it, I, yeah, it's so, it's so strange. It's like someone who, Okay, here's what the script feels like to me. Here's, here's my impression. It's like someone who really badly wanted to write a prestige drama. Um, his agent was like, yes. you got to make us some money, baby. Uh, and he and then was like, all right, fine. <laughs> and just cynically was like, there's a I don't know, there's a lady and she's too old to be unmarried and she falls down and she's got a shitty ex-boyfriend. I don't know, what <laughs> women like Dukes? I don't know, fucking Jane Austen. Like it, the whole thing just feels very sort of like slapped together and very very weird so but okay but I didn't dislike it like there there's something about it that was kind of appealing yeah yeah I mean I've said this before for like um rom-coms where we're like part of us like with sleep we talked about sleepless in Seattle recently where it's like this movie is problematic because it promotes stalking it's (laughs) like meg ryan's character stalks tom hanks character and we're supposed to cheer for her and be excited for her and Um, be like yes queen good for you you get your man yes good job yeah and i feel like this this film is definitely like uh, it, it, there are problems in it. Um, her whole thing with the boss is like, and she almost like defends her boss and his right. sexism towards her. And I was yeah. like, oh, this hurts me so. It hurts me so bad. Um, but um, it's again a fantasy like wish fulfillment. Um, I've made it no secret. I love the Bridgerton series. Oh and yes, the fact yes, that like. Like that, it, it's like, it's definitely like wish fulfillment and fantasy fulfillment yeah. where it's like, no, this would never happen. And there's so many plot holes, but like, oh God, I would love for a, a Duke would. to come out and, you know, treat me well, um, but not treat me in a patronizing way or like a weird, creepy, chival- chivalrous way. But I would like, you know, some kind of old fashioned wooing. And I like that aesthetic. Sure. I like the aesthetic of um, Love the aesthetic. Of kind of like a I Regency wanna... era sort of thing. Yes. I just want to wear like a big, expensive dress. And he hires a violin player and like <laughs> thinks about a date more mm-hmm. than 
two hours in advance. Like that's that's not a crazy <laughs> fantasy. Wow, that's, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that's such an amazing descri- like descriptor that yeah, thinks about a date more than two hours in advance. Two hours in um, advance. <laughs> I felt similarly upon the rewatch. I thought I wrote down what a crazy idea, but I also have this insane nostalgia for huge budget random time like travel movies like we had this run when we were kids that was like um the time machine kate and leopold clock stoppers you know it was like everything was like like a ton of they throw a ton of money at like weird sci-fi ideas that were like yeah and i like love that like i love i'm like this is like those are the types of movies that would be on like tnt during the day so i always get this like huge Mm -hmm. like just like oh i have such a big heart for like um big budget sort of like silly movies that took themselves seriously that I would like, I'm like, make more for me. I love those. Um, but this was such a wild rewatch. I also, it was interesting, like when we were kids, right, there was constantly like, oh, being a princess or being in like olden times, it was like more romantic and blah, blah, blah. And then now what we know as adult women about sort of like not how women sort of didn't have rights or property and all this marriage stuff was yeah. really about um, like not becoming family like, contract totally, like just rude exactly i was like what are the odds a man from that time would be a better man yes like the the um appealing part about Jane Austen is like Mr. Darcy is the exception like you like sure it would be cool Mm -hmm. to have a man who was nice to you and had money but for the most part like you're gonna get a family contract with a dude who will be like shut up woman like and now we're just like yeah that was the default oh right and the idea that the duke would come back to present time and also it's like I believe it because Meg Ryan's smoking hot but Meg Ryan's 39, I think, when they shot this. And I'm reading the second Bridgerton yes. book, and it's all about how this 21-year-old's a spinster. So I'm like, okay, so this guy's coming to the present. And it's like, I'm like, I don't, like, the, to me, it was like, that's the not plausible part, is I'm like, wouldn't, like, yeah, wouldn't men from the past have, like, horrible, right, like, attitudes towards women because we didn't have any rights back then, unless he's the exception, unless he's the Mr. Darcy. Thank you. I'm um, so glad we're getting into this. He is an inventor, which means that he thinks kind of outside of the box and that he's not a part of like traditional norms. And we also are introduced to the fact that like he, as a character, like um, is looking for like love and, you know, love has no. He's never been in love. love. He's never taken that leap. He just had to find the right woman 200 years later. You're right. And like reformed rakes are the whole theme of Bridgerton is it's like just because someone's an asshole means that they probably just need a lady to love. But, right, it just seems like it's like, what are the odds? What are the odds? <laughs> and there's, yeah, like, I had a hard time. Like, <laughs> I want the movie to make a choice. Like, is it like a grounded time travel movie where he's under all this family pressure? Or is it a movie where, like, rules don't matter, who cares, whatever? Because, like, yeah, she, so, like, yeah. I feel like a dick about this, but like, I think that Meg Ryan was mid-cast, the miscast in this movie because like she, she like, it feels like this role was written for like a 32 year old who's like, oh, he like Stuart got the last four years of my 20s. Like, oh, like my clock is just barely starting to tick and it's almost time to settle down as opposed to a woman who is like, I'm not going to be able to get pregnant without IVF at this point. Like, 
<laughs> I don't know. It felt something about it yeah, felt a little off. It, I agree. They were originally planning on casting Sandra Bullock in the role. Speaking about Meg Ryan's casting in this film, because I I agree. I think that she does a good job in the movie. Um, I agree. I, but I think she's always. I think Meg Ryan is always at her best when Nora Ephron is writing for her. The thing is, she she got this part that's written by two dudes who was trying two dudes who are trying to like write an older woman who's like a working woman. And it's like, uh, and like she like does a good job in it. She's very cool. She's very chic. Mm, um, she looks incredible she looks except for the hair Ooh, she looks incredible. Uh, okay, well, this is a classic Meg haircut. Like, I would never get it. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to hair, but we'll talk about it when we get to hair. Um, but I, I, it's it's hard because, and me and I talk about this before, and I and I don't, I don't like saying I, I like women, I like female characters that are unlikable. Don't get me wrong, uh, mm-hmm. but Meg Ryan and her talents, I think, shine the most when she is playing likable, charming characters. Yes. I, but I just reiterate, this. I also yeah. like women who are unlikable. I like female characters yes. that are unlikable. We love but for her Fleabag. specifically. We love Valerie Cherish. We love um, Laura Dern. And in life. Sure. Chewing gum. We love I May Destroy You. We love I May Destroy You. We were destroyed. Sure. But this mm-hmm. is like, we talk about this, like Meg Ryan's personality dynamic that's so easy for her is likable, quirky. And when she plays opposite that it's against her type and sometimes it just feels like it's just an uphill battle yeah yes there's like a scene in the movie where bradley whitford during like peak bradley whitford being cast as a douchebag era um says like (laughs) oh i like you because you're not like other women like you're tough you don't you're not like other you're not like other girls and it's gross and it's supposed to be gross but it also kind of feels like the movie is saying that about Meg Ryan's character. They're like, she's cool because she's a bitch. And that, like, she's not some broad who's looking for love. Isn't that cool? Like, yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's a trope that we no. talk about sometimes, which is like the trope of like, um, like the girl who's just like the guys, like I'm just like the cool girl type where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm just like the guys. Classic like, Kate Hudson I'm not character. like a lame girl. Exactly. exactly. Yes, exactly. exactly. I eat burgers like lose a guy in 10 I'm days. so skinny. <laughs> like, I, yeah. right. um, eat burgers I and that. then I immediately throw them up because that is the only way to still weigh 98 pounds. Yes, because I'm only wearing crop tops and these two things mm-hmm. cannot be true. Um, mm-hmm. 100%. And can we take a quick sidebar since we're, we were chatting about Austin. I just want to point out, and Ali, I think we've discussed this. I was just revisiting Pride and Prejudice. And there's a scene mm-hmm. where Miss Bingley and Miss Hurst basically yes. like accuse Lizzie of doing this, where they're talking about how like <gasps> you can't call a woman yes. accomplished because, um, to, to be, to actually be like worthy of that term, she must know like, she must have 20 attributes. And Lizzie yes. is like, in, sort of as a joke is like, well, then you must not know any accomplished women. And they're like, oh, she's just trying to engender herself to men by disparaging her own sex. And it's like, no, she's that's being what a you cool girl. Yeah. And they're like, that's what she's doing. And it was like, I was like, I cannot believe this concept existed 200 years ago. And we're still totally. talking about it in rom-coms. 
And we're still trapped in it. Yeah. Where that at least had like a complex commentary on it where we know Bingley and Hearst are wrong in that scene and that Lizzie's not yeah. doing that. She's calling Huey on all them. But here it's like, yeah, yeah and it, somehow get lost in it. And there's also like the com- just and I know I could talk about Jane Austen forever, but it's also like class as well. It's like knowing like women in that era could be more accomplished if they were of higher class and they could afford <laughs> these, you know, yes. and a good it's education. About capitalism. Stuff like that. It's totally like class based gatekeeping of being like, if you don't have a harp at home, you're a dirty bitch. <laughs> like not everyone can afford a harp, Ms. Bingley. Like Exactly. And then cut to 200 years later in late stage capitalism, it just fully devolves into cool girl is man. But now we're in a like a crazy, interesting reverse era where it's like a like if you publicly enjoy an IPA, you feel a little bit weird about it. Like uh, because you're like, it's not that I'm trying to be a cool girl. I just like beer. Like, it's such a mindfuck. Being yes. a woman under capitalism is a mindfuck. Yes. Totally. Like, in our last, and I promise I'll bring it back, but in our last episode, we, or two, a few episodes ago, Allie, we, I was, I was, went on a rant about how I was really upset about women's fashion and that I shop in, like, little boys' section sometimes. And I, and I got caught in that where I'm like, I'm not saying I don't like girls' clothes. I'm saying that I feel like designers don't give us, like, respectful clothing, <laughs> right? Like, I, if I try to yes. buy a step shirt, it has, like, a stupid little thing on it right where I'm just like oh I just feel like mm-hmm. I don't get it as serious I don't get as offered as serious of clothing as men but I felt like oh it could come off that I'm like I'm not like other girls I don't shop in the girls department and it's like it's complicated and that's not what I mean and it's that's not what I meant but you know what I mean <laughs> okay so this is a good time of any let's look at the Meg Ryan gameplay performance here how do we think your gameplay was Allie do you want to run us over the scoring system real quick. Yes, I would love to run all of us over hard with these rules. <laughs> okay, here are our March Magnus rules. Zero to ten points can be awarded to the movie for the quality of chemistry between Meg Ryan and her fellow romantic lead. Zero to ten points can be awarded to the movie for the quality of Meg Ryan's humor. Zero to five points can be awarded to any hairstyle Meg Ryan showcases. One point can be awarded to every time Meg Ryan walks with spunk. One point can be awarded every time Meg Ryan wears an iconic outfit. Two points will be awarded every time Meg Ryan showcases a quirk. Note, the same quirk can receive points every time that it is showcased. One point will be awarded every time Meg Ryan crinkles her brow. Two points will be awarded every time Meg Ryan works in print media. Two points will be awarded every time Meg Ryan is mean and then feels bad about it. And at any time, P.S. I Love Rom-Coms and their guests can create a new March Magnus rule and award points to at their own discretion. And our fouls are two points will be deducted every time Meg Ryan's hair is straight and past her shoulders. Two points will be deducted every time Meg Ryan's romantic interest is significantly less attractive than her or more than a decade older than her. And those are the rules. (laughs) I think those are comprehensive and I have a lot of respect for them. (gasps) Thank you so much. That's all (laughs) Allie. Allie, do you want to kick us off with your point? I would be happy. I would be happy to start um, with some point awarding. I'm going to start off with chemistry. Um, This was hard. This was a little bit hard for me. I felt like I like both of these actors so much. And I think they're both very attractive people. But I felt like there was something 
lacking in their chemistry. And I was really trying to put a finger on it. And I'm not sure what exactly it was, but I felt like, I don't know. It felt maybe like Meg Ryan was phoning this one in a little bit. I don't, Mm. or, or I don't know, but I gave them a five. Um, I I'm with you. I, I gave, I gave a four on that one. I think they're both working so hard and they're gazing so deeply into each other's eyes. Um, and they're both so hot and so charming. Uh, but yeah, something, it doesn't seem like they dislike each other. There's something like, like yeah. older sistery about her energy or like but buddy buddy-ish i don't know yes. like she's so competent and he's such a doof and i don't know something's wrong something's very wrong yeah no, i i agree and i too gave it a 5 because by the time we got to the like i love you and like the romantic date i was like wait what did i miss when did they fall in love? Yeah. I was like, wait, I missed something from like what happened to now. And so I was like, anytime that happens, I'm like, oh, show your work. Show your work. Felt like there was a missing scene <laughs> for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Our next, you know, I want to talk about the humor. Um, mm. I, so I felt like her humor, she definitely got to tell some jokes like uh, for me, I'm always looking at like, uh, is she the is she the butt of the joke or is she the one telling the joke? Mm. And I felt like there's like, what did I write down? It's funny. Like, I felt like this was more sassy, funny. And Meg Ryan usually plays cute, funny. And I think she did a good job doing sassy, sassy, funny. And um, she did a, a Meg Ryan thing that I freaking love. So, which is, I call it the Meg Ryan yes dance where she gets good news and she goes, <laughs> yeah, yes. And she like punches the air and she goes, yes. yes, yes, yes. And she like, it's something that like is very her. Um, and uh, so I gave her a little bit higher humor than maybe normal, um, but I gave her seven for humor. Um, nice. uh, yes. I I feel I feel very similar. I I gave her a six uh, for humor. I think that this really mm-hmm. showcases one of the things that Meg Ryan is like the best at in the business, which is the really extremely funny human reaction, where someone will do something and then she'll go like, yeah. like it, it's just like really funny, satisfying like reactions to stuff. So yeah, I think she did she did as good as the material would possibly let her. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I also gave her a six because I thought I thought while well, the content was like fine, totally fine. I really I enjoyed watching it. it. You know, it took me back. It was enjoyable, easy to watch. But yeah, I was like, it's not that funny. But I really enjoyed like her conversations with her brother and her like there was like a fun like cadence and back and forth that felt lived in and felt fun and I appreciated it. Yeah, so I gave it a six, not the highest, but not the lowest. All the supporting cast to me um, was just putting perfectly cast and putting in gorgeous work. Brecken Meyer, incredible. Liev Schreiber, like <gasps> way better than the movie needed him to be. Like Viola Davis. Uh, Viola Davis was one scene yes. as just like a poop cop. What a waste. It was wild. It's like, oh my gosh. If only, it's like, if only you knew what she was going to do. Like her career is going to blow up. Um, And also, also just a testament to so many actresses who you're like, oh man, some, like how sad is it for maybe some other actresses who's like all they ever were, the parts all they ever got were poop, 
cop parts, but they had so much more in them. Um, and mm. it's, uh, we're just lucky that, um, we got to see all that Bio, uh, Viola Davis has to offer. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll hop into the next category here, um, which is, what is it? Style? Which is, is hairstyle. it her hair? Hairstyle. Yes, I would love to talk about her hairstyle. It is um, not typically made because it's very straight, um, but I gave her hairstyle a four, not because I think it's the greatest hairstyle I've ever seen, but because only Meg Ryan could pull this hairstyle yes, off. If correct. any other person tried to do this hairstyle, which is a heavily layered, stick so layered, long bob with crazy bangs, they would utterly fail. And she managed to pull it off. Like I was like, this, this works, but only mm -hmm. on her. So I gave her a four. I would have to say to me, the hair, oh boy, I mean, you make some really good points, but I think I'm going to have to go with my gut on this one and respect what I initially wrote down, which is a two. I hated it. I thought it looked like fucking yes. garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but I take, your, I take your point that it's like only Meg. Ugh, like it, it sort of worked for the character, but it genuinely, there were scenes where I was like, I can't tell what's going on because I'm looking at that nasty layering. Um so for me, a two. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Absolutely relatable. Um, of course, we're going to have moments of disagreement here. And that's okay because that's sports, baby. Mm -hmm. That's how sports, that's sports. That's work. Sports. And this is about Classic. sports. It's about Meg Ryan. And I, unsurprisingly, <laughs> I unsurprisingly also gave it a four, Allie, because I agree with you, Caitlin, in that what a crazy hairstyle. And I agree with you, Allie. Like nobody but Meg could pull this off. I think... And this is not to not to be reductive. I just think it's incredible. Constantly in awe of Meg Ryan's hair. I'm in awe of the different things it can do. I'm in awe of the different hairstyles it supports. So how could you have a stick straight, heavily layered hairdo and still have that much volume and see all of the layers? No, I don't get it. And then still wear it up. She still could put it up. So up, it looked better. Up, it looked better to me. Looked very mm -hmm. cute. Very cute when she put it up. So yes, well, not, you know, I just, I just continue to be impressed by it and every film I see it in. Um, so that's, that's, yeah, that's where I went for hair. But I, but I also get that it is not a hairdo anyone we know would have right now. <laughs> or should have. <laughs> Ellie, is it spunk? <laughs> Next is times times where she's walked with spunk. Here's what I'm gonna say, and this is gonna be this is me and my my referee opinion. But uh, I'd say she walked more with sass than with spunk a lot of the times. Mm, yeah. uh, she was playing a very cool mm -hmm. lady with matrix sunglasses, and I'm <laughs> only gonna give her one point for walks with spunk. Not because she was walking, mm -hmm. but she was crawling with a lot of spunk when she was crawling up that fire escape to go kind of spy on her ex-boyfriend so i'm gonna give that moment one point but that's it i said more walks with sash she was definitely like cool modern lady not like qu quirky bookstore lady quirky so bouncy lady that's my yeah. take bouncy yeah caitlin what do you what did you think walks with spunk <laughs> 
I, yes, I'm with you. I think that she, I think this is like mid-career Meg Ryan and she is past the point of needing to be a little spunky gal. Uh, and she's walking with, yeah, she's mm-hmm. walking with sass. She's walking with b- bad bitch energy. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm cussing so much on the show, but it, it brings it out of oh, me. Oh, no, no. Um, that's oh, absolutely you totally fucking cuss. Um, yeah, I would say, I guess she walks with spunk when she's walking over the girder, you know, she, she summons up what she has inside of her. So maybe I'll give her one point. Amazing. Yeah, I agree. Give her a low score for spunk. I gave her two. Um, yes, for fire escape and just sort of like barging in for the dog. But I agree upon reflection. I do think it was more sass, which I think was nice to see. Um, but great. Okay. So it's a low scoring category. Next iconic outfits, folks. Allie, where did we where did where'd you weigh in? Okay, so she had some honestly incredible outfits. Um, mm-hmm. They are so '90s. They are so. I guess this came out in early 2000, but it's just like very. Gosh, it's just like so. She's like walked right out of the matrix. Um, so I gave her one for her stellar glasses, one for her black that first black jacket that she wears with the white collar that pops out. I gave her one for her leather yes. shirt. So freaking badass. one for her brown velvet suit. Again, so freaking badass. And uh, one for her lilac dress with a bustle and that lovely f- little scarf thing. Yes. So that is how many? Five. Five. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Outfit's amazing. Caitlin, what'd you see out on the floor? I, you know what? I'm just going to defer to Allie and say, totally agree with all of those choices, except I don't agree about the lilac dress. I don't think it was iconic. I hate to be a negative Nancy, but I don't think it worked in either era. It looked weird for a corporate soiree it looked weird in a regency ballroom they would have been like get this whore out of her i can see her shoulders so i i her it's shoulders. sports baby it's sports baby i have to disagree with you it's on sports. that one you gotta call it like you see it absolutely absolutely um so how many points are you are we gonna are you gonna be giving them are you gonna be giving the the minus a four amazing amazing i agree with both of you i think there was iconic looks and not iconic looks i think i gave her four um the two that come to mind for me are the little sunglasses again i think they're iconic i think they're of the time i think with the haircut right you might not see anyone wearing them now but i thought wow what a statement i loved the white shirt that um Bradley Whitford replaces. I think that was a very, very nice tailored looking shirt. I was shocked if he could get a similar one. It just fit her like a glove. And then, um, so the, you know what I really liked, which is crazy. And it might just, I mean, it might just be Meg Ryan. I thought she was wearing like a really cute outfit when she had dinner with her brother and Hugh Jackman the first time. She was wearing like this like really cute sweater. Yes. that also felt very of the time, very chic. Yeah. And I was just like, I it just looked that. amazing on her. I just thought she looked so cute. Right? Just like the quintessential New York gal home trying to relax and then has a lovely duke over for dinner. So that'll be a four for me. Okay, I got that one. Next, crinkle. Allie, where'd we land on crinkles? I did not see as many brow crinkles. Um, it, It could be because, you know, 
Botox. You know, as actresses, ladies in Hollywood, we got to get some work done. We got to get some work done. And so I mean, uh, and she's well known for a forehead wrinkle. Yeah, I wanted to bring this up. I wanted to bring this up. But it's so sad that she I'm not anti fillers. Like I'm fine with people getting whatever Mm -hmm. they want to make themselves feel good about themselves or get more work like whatever. But it is sad that like she felt that she had to take away an iconic attribute just to be able to still get roles where she's looking for love. Like ah, sucks. Yeah, I know. I didn't really I saw maybe a whisper of a brow crinkle um, when she was first when her ex-boyfriend was like, I've discovered a portal in time. I saw her kind of like, was, uh, the whisper was there. It was like, ah. Um, so I gave just one point for brow crinkle. Yeah. Caitlin? I think I saw one during the uh, initial dinner with the Duke where she's like drinking a lot of wine. I th- um, but I'm not, yes. again, not 100% sure. And that's the only time I can think of. So one for me. Yes, one for me as well. And I'm thinking of one like Lee Triber is trying to explain to her the logic of what's happening. And she's like, what? But um, yes, but get it. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's sad, but it's true. And she still stopped getting mm-hmm. cast and stuff anyways, which is just such a bummer all around. Um, mm-hmm. But or she, maybe she maybe she took some time off to have the lovely um, Jack Quaid. Absolutely darling Jack Quaid. A gift to us all. Um, Mia <laughs> loves Jack Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> she gave us another gift her roles are a gift and her son is a gift and Huey from the boys is a gift oh he's in the boys I keep forgetting that I was like what's Jack Quaid in again that everybody yes. loves him in it's the boys because I've only yeah. seen him in plus one and he was just okay in that but maybe he's yeah. really good in the boys he's he's pretty he's pretty cool in the boys yeah I agree plus one you're like mm-hmm. okay uh, but the, but yeah in the boys you're like yes okay Print media. Where do we land? Hi, okay, so she works for a marketing company, right? Mm-hmm. Marketing research. And they I'm sure they like do some print media. Like I'm sure they do like videos. It was like for commercials, but I think they also do, I'm, I assume, some print in it as well. Like print ads. So I said yes, too. Yeah. I Caitlin? Yes, I had a similar like, does this count? I'm going to say I think that it does. And also, is this a good place to talk about how yes. extremely sexual that read was from Hugh Jackman on the butter ad? <sighs> oh, oh, my This is exactly God. where we should talk about it. <laughs> wow. Was, what acting job? <laughs> what acting chops also what it all all the more hysterical to make the turn into is this an actual sample <laughs> of the margarine my um, morals wow, a, won't allow me to do turn. this i oh i'm an upstanding <laughs> gent this margarine tastes oh. yucky to me i'm storming off the set stupid so- it was great did anybody else nice. like have their fingers crossed being like Sing a song as Jean Valjean. I know that the timing is wrong, but it's just like, oh, this is like maybe just like, I don't know, just like sing a little like, oh, I feel like we're getting like, I feel like we're getting like a glimpse of maybe like some like, you know, pre-potential before, you know, Hugh Jackman later plays Jean Valjean. Mm -hmm. And other song and dance man characters. Oh, should have let him sing. Let him sing about butter. You did a lot of things in this. We could have added singing. No one would have noticed. I, 
awarded half the points because while I was like, sure, like we don't really stick journalism or advertising. And this is like a little bit further with market research. But I was like, you're basically doing the same thing. And you're just sort of judging it to make it look like you're not doing that, which is that your heroine works in print media. It's the type of job you give your heroine in every rom-com. So yeah, I awarded it half mm-hmm. points. I gave it one because um, I was like, it, it's by a slightly different name, but it's it's effectively and emotionally, it connotes the exact thing all the other rom-coms do. So yes. I think our final points system before we get a foul uh, me is mean and feels bad about it. Allie, how many do we clock with it? I struggled with this one um, just because I honestly forgot about it. And then, um, but uh, I'm trying to think, <sighs> did you guys spot anything? I think that when she at the at the commercial shoot, when she has her big speech about like, I wasn't born a Duke, like some of us have to work for a living. I think then afterwards, she feels a little bad about it. Like dock thing. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. on that like weird kind of like watery dock thing. Yeah. So one's all around. All right. Caitlin, one for you. I'm going to steal yours. Yeah. Yeah, One for me. One's for me as well. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Any fouls? Any fouls do we see on the court? Oh, you know what? I would say a foul uh, that I knew foul I added uh, in the previous episode was like, if Meg Ryan's phoning it in, that's a foul. And we, I think someone mentioned <laughs> yeah. that they perhaps felt that she was phoning in a piece, a portion of it, maybe perhaps the romance. So I'll give it a minus one for that. Um, can I, can I um, award bonus MVP points. This is just a little fun fact. Um, But um, while they were shooting, it was huge. I'm sure if any of you guys watch it on Amazon, you probably saw this little fun fact. But like little fun fact, when they were shooting the film, Hugh Jackman was having a wedding anniversary with his wife (gasps) and he couldn't make their their wedding anniversary because he was filming all day. So Meg Ryan was like, hey, I'll have dinner with you, Hugh Jackman's wife, and we can just have like a little girl's night and just, you know, oh, um, I'll just take you out. Heart. Which I think is just like so freaking classy. And like Meg Ryan is a rom-com heroine in real life as well on the screen. Like she's take just that writer's director. She's blessings. a gal, gal. Sorry. She's a ladies <laughs> lady. Eat shit. She's a ladies I, lady. I would like to, <laughs> if I might, I would love to award um, another point category. Is this kosher? <gasps> Do yes. it. Yes. All points are Absolutely. free. I would like Fair to game. award a point for her having a big climactic speech that in the moment is very embarrassing and awkward, but helps her to realize that she is in fact in love. Because I think that is a trope um, yes. that we sometimes see. Yes, for my Ryan that. specifically. Love that. Okay. Well, all right, you guys. The points are in for Kate and Leopold. But before we announce the final tally, let's introduce our second competitor. You could say that this Make Ryan film was orgasmically good because you guys, <laughs> it's the iconic when Harry met Sally. stats. When Harry met Sally came out in 1989, was written by Nora Ephron and directed by Rob Reiner. It grossed $92.8 million. In the film, recent college graduate 
Hearts, Harry Burns, played by Billy Crystal, and Sally Albright, played by Meg Ryan, take a road trip from Chicago to New York, during which they argue about whether men and women can ever truly be platonic friends. Ten years later, they meet again at a bookstore and test out their theory by attempting to stay friends without sex becoming an issue between them. However, they eventually fall in love and eventually bang! (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Guys! Bang, bang, bang. Okay. What did we like what we saw on the court from Meg? What are our thoughts on this film? Spill it to me. Caitlin, was this your first time ever seeing this film? It was. I've never seen this film before. Oh my God. I've seen it. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you so much. I popped my Harry Met Sally cherry. Um, I had seen so many clips from it that I sort of had assumed I'd seen it. And then when I was like actually sitting down and watching it, I was like, oh no, I have never seen this movie. This is so charming. And I think part of the reason, if I can just editorialize that I had never seen it, is because I knew the premise was like men and women can't be friends. And it pissed me off so much that I never bothered to watch it. And then I was like, oh, the movie like kind of interrogates that in an interesting way, even though it is a little bit bullshit and 90s sexism. So, wow. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Thank you for introducing me to this film. Oh my gosh. This is so exciting. (laughs) I'm so excited to discuss it with somebody who's seen this movie with like fresh eyes, because something that me and I bump up against a lot is our nostalgia with the film. And we think that gives us a bias where we're like, Oh, this is such a good movie. But we, uh, but we, we see it through like the bias and like our childhood connection to it. So we're so excited to hear your take. Please don't feel any of the pressure of like, Oh, this is like one of the greatest rom coms of all time. Because like, we're excited to have your fresh referee eyes to tell us what you truly yes. thought about the film. Yeah, see, we're we're refs for the home team, right? We grew up in this town. Like, yeah, we've been rooting for this team our whole life, and you're you're the ref that just moved here. I will say, if anything, I have nostalgia for Kate and Leopold that I do not have for when Harry met Sally. So I'm coming from. <laughs> if anything, I'm the I'm the away team referee. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, okay, yeah. wow, this is so exciting. We've literally never talked to anyone who hasn't seen the movie before. This is amazing. Um, <laughs> what did you think? What are your What are your thoughts? Did you Did you like it? Did you love it? Were you like, I don't get, I don't get it, I don't get it? <laughs> I will say, Nora Ephron is irresistible like the the dialogue catches you up in a big warm sassy hug that you simply can't resist um they're both so fucking charming even though it seems like billy crystal's main character trait is just that he's a misogynist which was like sort of an interesting choice but like he's so (laughs) he's so likable that you sort of are like oh well he'll grow he'll learn and he does and i think like one of the reasons that I watch a lot more TV than movies is because you really get to watch characters like grow and change. And this movie pulls off an incredible magic trick where you really watch them become like better, kinder, more softened people. And oh, I loved it. That is such a great read. Yeah, because it acknowledges that it's like there are so many flaws individually about what's happening that make it so it should not age well in 2021. Yes. But that I think referring to it as a magic trick, it's like that sums it up. Where by the end you are 
like so charmed. You're so on board. The freaking little vignettes with the married couples. By the time they're married couple vignette, you're like, oh my God. Oh yeah, it got me. I got (gasps) teary-eyed. Oh, they're so good. Did you have a favorite? Did you have a favorite of the uh, of the couples? Vignettes, yeah. Oh, okay. Um Oh, that's a hard one. I really love the couple that just completely talked over each other the entire time. I thought that was so charming. Ah, I appreciated the last couple where it was just like, well, I saw her and I thought she's, uh, I don't hate the way she looks. And now I've been married 55 years. I just, yeah, those are so charming. They're so good. And I, I would say, were we talking about this? How in Kate and Leopold, how I was like, by the time we got to I Love You, I was like, wait, what happened? Show your work. In this, it's like that scene where he is triggered after seeing Helen and is being such an asshole. And then she freaks out and is like, at least I'm not screwing people like I'm out for revenge. And then he's just like, can I say something? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. And they're hugging and they're just like, so sorry. And I'm just like, ah, intimacy i'm watching intimacy yes it captures intimacy in a way that like movies are not good at usually it's like real human goodness yeah i mean the scene when they're in bed and they're watching casablanca um and they're both um they're on the phone and um Mm. it's just so beautiful and they're like last scene and i also love i love it so much because something that connects with casablanca and that stuff is when they met in the beginning and they see each other five years later and it's like oh we don't remember each other but it's like throughout their whole lives they really remember what each other said in that first conversation yes and they have their little different takes on it to the point where 10 years later he's like yeah you said you wanted it to would be Laszlo. And they grow and they change and they're like, did I say that? Yeah. And she's like, I would never say that. I guess I said that. Like, it's like, I I never clocked that until this time. And I was like, even though they they like act like they really couldn't give a fuck, they remembered like the whole conversation. They remembered. All the, like, remembered. the decades. Mm-hmm. And the thing is like, there's that moment where they're, it's like the second time they see each other and Sally's at the airport. Um, and she's like, oh, like, that's Harry. I had to like drive with him and it was so insufferable. He like made a pass at me, but she can't remember her college, her best friend from college's name, but she can remember Harry's name. She remembered every single detail of the drive. And they both forgot about Amanda Reese. And then she makes fun of him for forgetting her name. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Also, just like apropos of nothing, I just fucking love the scene in the car initially when um, they're stopping at the diner and they're fighting about Casablanca and Meg Ryan takes out a giant can of Aquanet and is just spraying her hair. And it's like, yes! that's why she gets out on the plane at the end of the movie. And then like, it's just like, it's like a dance. There's yes. so much um, in this movie. I just learned the term business where someone's like doing something with their hands that's unrelated <gasps> or like eating yeah. something. And there's so much like character building business in this. And you can tell that like, I think Nora Ephron rightfully gets a lot of credit, but like Rob Reiner's direction is also so specific and like so good at building the characters. I just, yeah, I had a, uh, I had a blast. Yeah. I mean, like, and we, we did an earlier when Harry met Sally episode and um, we talked about how this movie is really like, Nora Ephron and Rob Reiner's friendship. And like, of course they never, Mm. um, 
you know, they never were so together, beautiful. but they they just have such a beautiful friendship. Yeah. And it's just like, they're just sharing their friendship through these two actors. And I, I said this earlier in the episode, but I just think that there is nothing better than Nora Ephron's voice, Nora Ephron's words mixed together with Meg Ryan, who is such, they're both such sunny, positive people. Like Meg, Mm -hmm. like Nora Ephron is known for just being like so bubbly and like wonderful and full of life and charming. And Meg Ryan is known for the same thing. And so when you put those two women together into the one character of Sally Albright, oh my gosh, is there a better character? Also, like there's something about it that, like against the backdrop of New York in its like nasty stinkiness, but also it's like magic snowiness that is like, it's such a perfect combination of like the real and the like yucky parts of life and the beautiful bubbly parts of life, which is like what Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal personify. I'm getting really excited. I just think, yeah, usually I'm like, oh, we get it. <laughs> New York is a character in the movie. But in this movie, I was like, New York is a character. That we care about and we adore. And it's like so fun. Oh my God, the bookshop, you know, the dinner places, <sighs> the park, the museums. But there is this like amazing thing that's happening that like regardless of how gendered this is, right? And how like even now we wouldn't be talking about it in terms of like, oh, can men and women be friends? We'd be like, oh, can people who are sexually attracted to each other be friends, right? Like it's that it, now it's like a lot of this can seem so dated. It's that we're really getting a snapshot of Nora Ephron and Rob Reiner's friendship in that like gender time period in which they were platonic friends. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's so great. It's so beautiful. And I, I think like it, it's something, it reminds me of Citizen Kane in a funny way where it's like some of the things that come <gasps> out of Billy Crystal's mouth are so dated and sexist and shitty, but it's sort of like, I think this movie might have invented those things. Like I think they might've, it might've been sort of cutting edge <sighs> to be like, I always leave the same night so they don't have the wrong expectation of me. Like he invented that type of guy. <laughs> Yes, Caitlin. Oh my God. You're hitting upon something that we freaking adore about Nora Ephron and Rob Reiner, which is that they are creating the tropes for the genre, yes. right? Mm-hmm, we talk about mm-hmm. print media for the heroine is a trope because Nora Ephron came up in journalism and wrote all of her heroines <gasps> as journalists. Is that so true? Now, That's so interesting. All the rom coms. Yeah. So, I mean, and I guess I'm not super well-versed in like the forties, you know, so who knows, maybe they all were, but I, you know, Nora Ephron stuff is like so autobiographical. Um, sometimes that I'm like, oh yeah, we're seeing, I think you're right. Yeah. Where he's like a real modern day rake. Um, and we're seeing that, uh, be created. And it feels so cool. We love a rake, a reformed rake. Reformed rakes makes the best. We love a reformed also, oh my gosh, you pulled that right from Bridgerton and I love it. I did. Uh, but also, um, uh, uh, what's so great too is like, yeah, Billy Crystal's character, you know, kind of fucking sucks sometimes. Like Harry mm-hmm. Burns sucks sometimes. But it yeah. makes Sally Albright look so fucking good when she puts him in his place. Like mm-hmm. he'll say something where he'll yes. be like, you're much like, he, he has this one line where he's like, you know, you're much funnier now and you're like much more easygoing you were so uptight when we first met and she's like 
you just did the most fucking annoying thing by insulting. <laughs> yes. Like it seems like a compliment, but you're really insulting me. And when she calls him out, it is so, Feels so satisfying. Good. And you're watching her make him a better person. And it's not her job, but she's just being like, hey, you do this thing. I'm pointing it out and it's bad. And he's yes. like, oh, yeah, I guess I do do that thing. And it is bad. And as annoying as he is in places, like he also, she, with all of her bizarre little quirks, I like, I think that's what a relationship is, is you like smoothing the other person's rough edges and being like, sweetie, what you're doing is so weird. Don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Put all the envelopes in the mailbox all at once. Don't do this little like one at a time mailboxing. Just take them and just put them in. Yeah. (laughs) I could see them at a dinner party like 20 years later and she's just being like, Harry, don't make sweeping generalizations about women to their to this woman. He's like, like, Sally, please, like you just have to eat what the hostess is serving. Like I'm begging you to just eat the brisket. Yes. And I love how it turned from like this annoying quirk to the end when he's like, when he's pitching her to his friend, he's like, she orders food so, so amazing, like so good. The chef never knew it could be so good. Uh, Like he's bragging. Okay. Well, we've chatted about the movie. Now, should we get into some of the Meg Ryan's performances and talk about what we saw out there on the court? Um. Can't wait. I can walk us through our first category, chemistry between the leads. Can I, I'm just going to kick us off on this because I just want to explain to you my journey, which was that I grew up with this movie as a child, Mm -hmm. watched it. I've watched this movie consistently almost every year of my life, I think. And I can watch it multiple times a year and I don't get sick of it. I don't know why. This is like true of very few films. Um, When I found out that Billy Crystal was 13 years older than Meg Ryan, about like seven <gasps> or six years ago, I was so Stop. mad. Not is because that true? I don't think yeah. that it's true. Yes. And it's and it's not because I don't think I have lots of friends who who do have like large age gaps in relationships and it's love and it's beautiful. It's not that. But then it then it revealed this consistent pattern in rom coms and in film in general in Hollywood of presenting men and women as the same age and having the men be significantly older than the women. And I was like mm. connecting all the red threads and being like, this is how they keep it. So we're yes, not allowed to age it. in the public. Yes. And I was so mad. I was so mad for years. And I was like, fuck this casting. Fuck, fuck, fuck. And then when we rewatched it this year and I had to focus on the chemistry, I was like, regardless of that truth, which is, you know, which is an issue and it is true. I think the chemistry is bonkers in this movie. And I did give it a 10 because I do think there is, they build the intimacy. I think there's like incredible eye contact and I, I just love it. And I just mm. love it. But you know, multiple things can be true. Multiple things can be true. Um, it's not uh, the friggin' Caitlin, chain. Where'd you, where'd you weigh in on chemistry? And oh, I boy. agree with you <laughs> that like it it is I didn't know that the age gap was that big, but I assumed it did look like mm-hmm. like Meg Ryan looks significantly younger than him. I think that it is sort of yeah. smoothed over by the idea that like they both age in the movie. Um like she just looks sort yes. of young. So that's a, for oh my 34. God, that's a great point. Um, that's a really good so point. <laughs> But yeah, I okay for okay. Yes, I would say yeah. Oh, I'm trying to find a reason to lower this score, but there isn't one. Like the chemistry is a ten. This is like the gold standard for romantic comedies. They like clearly they're the like friend chemistry is bonkers. The chemistry, the like sparks when they hate each other is insane. Like yeah, it's ten. 
Can't fight it. Yeah, 10. Allie? It's a 10 for me too, guys. There's no denying it. I like this. I tried. I tried to be critical, but I... By the time they kiss, I'm like so ready for it. I'm like, yes, so oh ready my God. do it. I, know I hate that, you, like, Harry. I really I hate, yeah, I really I hate you. you. <laughs> and I know uh, that like as, you know, as a feminist, I shouldn't, you know, like they're looking at this, you know, question, can men and women be friends? And I want to be like, of course they can fucking be friends. But in this one situation and also, like, gay men I, exist I, in the world <laughs> by the way and world, also gay exactly. women exactly. non-binary this, friends uh, yes it's uh, it's an uh, it's an archaic question but in this instance i'm like just you guys uh, just throw the question out the window uh, let's pretend <laughs> just be together and so 10 for chemistry um uh, yes amazing so good on to on to humor Allie, back to you would you score okay. it on the one out of ten Meg Ryan's comedic performance? One out of ten. Just because I <sighs> this is hard. I gave I think I gave Meg Ryan a ten out of ten for Joe versus the volcano because she's freaking bringing it. So I feel like I can't give out another ten. Oh, you didn't I give already gave room. it out. Mm. I didn't give myself room. I Joe versus Volcano. She's so fucking funny and incredible. Such a character actress. So I gave this a nine. It probably she probably deserves a ten because, um, as as we mentioned in a, our previous episode, Meg Ryan was the person who came up with the idea to actually act out the infamous <gasps> orgasm scene. She did not. That She's was a genius. her pitch. Why isn't this industry giving yes. her everything that she wants? <sighs> right. I know it's because it's sexist and broken. It's, it's sexist. <laughs> Give us more, Meg Ryan. Um, so yeah, I gave it a nine. Amazing. Caitlin. To me, I would give this one maybe like an okay, don't be mad, but to me, upon first watch, this is like an eight. Um, she's so funny. She's okay. doing so much funny, incredible work. Um, again, with the incredible reactions. I do feel like there's a little bit of like I think some of the soups on of the sexistness maybe does come a little bit from the portrayal of her just being like I'm I'm wacky like I think there's a little bit of sort of like I don't know I'm just a manic girl um that sometimes happens in this movie that pulled me out a little bit maybe your listeners will disagree but I think she's doing so much funny work but (sighs) some of it is a little broad Yes. 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 I totally, I totally see that. I totally, I, I, I have moments too where I think with the way they've aged where you're just like, oh, take your power back. Yeah. Don't, don't give him that. Um, yeah. But it is a me, lot like, it's hard because well, like Billy Crystal is such a comedic powerhouse where it's like, I think she does a pretty yeah. good job like holding her own with him because he's like Mr. Comedy. But Definitely. it is a lot of her being like, react it's more her reacting than her initiating you know yeah the joke sometimes except and for the sexy that orgasm, orgasm scene, those, like, where the orgasm scene. Get, yeah truly funny. incredible i i mean yeah the comedy in this movie is so special i always the moment i always look for is this moment my sister told me about which is when they're at the museum and he's doing <laughs> yeah. like my pop or gosh it's like that whole thing was improvised and at one point she looks off screen to look at rob reiner and he's like no go back stay in it because the scene's supposed to be over and she's like 
uh, and, and she's like, oh, okay. And then like, she keeps doing it and they leave it in. And I just think it's so special and it makes this movie feel like more than a movie. It feels like a moment. Um, I gave it a 10 because I fucking <laughs> love her performance in this. It kills me. And Good. the way that she's Great. able to do these Absolutely. lines without any whisper of self-consciousness or doubt or self-awareness. Like I think about the orgasm yeah. moment yes. all the time and I just go, could I do it? Could I do it as confidently? Could I do it? In front yeah. of those extras. And I think I would like to. I would like to be able to do On it. set in front of, uh, yes. In front of Rob Reiner's mother. The camera crew. In front of everybody. <laughs> yeah. Could I confidently his do mother it? mother is the, I'll have what like she's having so. lady, his mommy. Yes. 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 <laughs> and that line, that line was pitched by Billy Crystal. So it was really collaborative. So I just like fucking adore it. And I think like the, the stuff you were mentioning, Caitlin, I do see as well. Like I do see it and I acknowledge it. And I, I think the way I justify myself, my brain away from it is being like, that's the time Nora Ephron grew up in. Like when she worked at Newsweek, women yes. weren't allowed to be writers, right? She had to work in the news clipping desk. So I am like, oh, those are the constraints of the of the, her imagination for the time that she grew up yeah. in. It's what I, it's, it's how I think yeah. about it, but I, but I think it's correct. I think it's hundred percent correct. Let's move on to hair, 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 hair. Oh my Allie, God. what'd you give her the hair? I gave 20 points for hair. Oh my God. The hair can only go to five. <laughs> this is high scoring. No, no. It's <laughs> per style. It's five per style. You stated oh very clearly God. in the eight the rules was carefully per style. Oh, so she gets twenty no. fucking points for her hair because okay. every style is incredible in a five. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I stand corrected and I will be recalibrating. Caitlin, where'd you weigh in? For me, yes. Um I think there were two hairstyles that I would only give a four to. I'm being real harsh, but I think the final hairstyle um, was just, it was too hot iron. It just uh, took me back to a time and place that I don't want to be in. Um, and then I forget, ooh, <laughs> I forget in my notes what the other hairstyle was. So I'm going to give it an 18 out of 20. Oh, probably the wedding hairstyles, maybe what is not your favorite. Maybe um, so, yeah. When she's at the wedding, it seems it's also very curly cute. So 18 there. Um, yeah. Okay. So with, um, the new information that's just been brought to my attention, um, I will be giving it a 19 because, um, I think everything from the drive to New York hair, incredible, the straight blowout Bob oh, yes. at the airport, the incredible 80s Bob. Yes. The amazing. The eighties shaggy Bob. What I will always aspire to and never hit. Incredible. I love the New Year's hairdo. And then the wedding hairdo, that's a four for me. A little curly cue, a little... She, yeah. And I understand. It's actually smart, I think, because she's wounded at that point. And so she's looking a little vulnerable with her hair less perfect. Um, <clears throat> so, okay. So those points are in. Next is Spunk. Allie, what'd you have for Spunk? Get my calculator. Oh, gosh. Oh, six. Six. Amazing. Interesting. Caitlin, Out of 10, right? Any spunk? Uh, just, uh, I think it's how many? It's like one point what, for what, each one per kind spunk. of spunky walk. Sp point for occasion. Oh, okay. I did that one wrong. But um, it's okay. I can, I can think of four off the top of my head. So I'm going to say five because I'm probably not thinking of one. Amazing. And I too gave it five. So that is perfect. Oh, God, you guys. Gosh, it's time we are for on outfits. the same page. It's time for iconic outfits. Oh. One point wow. for outfit. One point for outfit. Allie, 
Okay, so it's um, I have eleven points. I have eleven yeah. points for outfits. Of course, yeah. Um, and w- what I what I will say is I'm going to give her an extra point because I bought a blouse from Uniqlo literally Wait. two weeks ago. <laughs> that's yellow. It's a yellow blouse, and I bought it strictly because she wears a yellow blouse you, in honey. the opening scene. I bet uh, it looks amazing. And so I oh. now can recreate her outfit with the yellow blouse, the navy blue cardigan. Wow. The khaki shorts that are kind of long, the loafers and the socks. I I am able to recreate that outfit now. So I'm giving an extra point because I actually bought a blouse because of that. So um yes. Wow. Wow. Incredible. Eleven. Caitlin. So for starters, you're going to have to show us uh, that outfit. Uh, please email it to me whenever you wear it next. Um, yeah, I mean, it's oh, really I, I'll, like... I'll post it on the gram. I'll post it on the gram. Adding, that's great. Oh I'm going to hear it. I would say I... I'm not going to lie. Like I was enjoying this movie so much that my notes for it were not as good as, as for Kate and Leopold's. Um, but Same. I think that I... <laughs> I think that I clocked seven and one I want to flag in particular is like just the bathrobe in the scene where she just found out that Joe got married I think that like only Kate Hudson could look god Kate Hudson what am I doing only Meg Ryan could pull off like fucked up bathrobe look so iconically incredible incredible yeah I had the same issue where I was so enamored by this movie even though I've seen it Three times this year, and I like. It's like, when will I get bored of it? Who's to say? Couldn't keep my eyes from never. it. Couldn't I'm peel my eyes never. away. So I stopped. I stopped counting. I just capped out at ten, and I said, "That's it. I'm not going to count anymore." And because almost every outfit's iconic, my top two favorites are the look in the park with yes, what I think is a bowler hat. Incredible bowler hat. Yes. Yes. Incredible. Unforgettable. And mittens. Oh my gosh. And my favorite that I will be purchasing, which is why I think we can, if we ever need to dress up as different versions of Sally Albright, if we, you, Caitlin, Al, if we ever find an excuse to do it, let's do it. Because I am looking wait. for a white mock neck sweater that she wears. <gasps> I think oh, the, with the high-waisted pants, with the high-waisted yes. and the loafers. It's oh, so and incredible. Also- and I've, I've literally been I just remembered the scene where he okay it's sort of annoying that he says this and now we know men shouldn't do it but when he says like you look wonderful in skirts and then in the next scene it pans down and she's (sighs) wearing a skirt a black skirt and black tights so good oh my gosh I've never caught that before that me neither (gasps) that's incredible and that is such a thing that's also just sort of showing us like them impacting each other and listening to each other. And yes, agreed. It's annoying. Um, despise when men tell me I look better without glasses. It's like, thank you. While they're wearing glasses, yeah, thank while you they are wearing so glasses, much. they have told me that. Thank you for fathering you me. For I really feedback. love this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. But yes. So, but I think it works here. I think it works here. All right. Moving on to Crinkles. This is the OG crinkle film. <gasps> Allie, what'd you see on the court? Could not even count. I said five because I gave extra points also because the crinkle is mentioned. Billy Crinkle mm-hmm. mentions one of the things he loves about her is her crinkle. So Billy I- Crinkle! Billy Crinkle! <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin, any Billy Crinkles to count? 
Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I definitely noticed at the end, right before he mentioned her crinkle and then she did it again, right at the end. So that's at least two. I think there were, I think there was one in the initial car scene. Uh, and I feel like there was one maybe like when they're having the fight outside the uh, new apartment of Carrie Fisher, who, oh my God, Carrie Fisher is in this movie. I was so thrilled when I saw her. Anyway, I'm going to call it four. She's so good. Four, amazing. I also am giving it a five for the same reasons and just like rounding up because it's like, you know, this is the crinkle film. Finally, print Mm -hmm. media, twos all around. Huge, yes. Twos all around. Big time twos. Deuces, baby. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Amazing. All right. Was mean and then felt bad about it. I'm not totally sure about this one. I don't remember. I think what's really good about this is he's mean to her and she like puts him in his place, which is honestly even better. And Um, she's a little bit feeling bad about it. Yeah. She never feels bad about it. She doesn't feel bad about it. Yeah, I agree. All right. Zeros all around. Last point, such a, oh, oh, and then the big speech um, that uh, that Caitlin <laughs> added. So a big oh, embarrassing yeah. speech that makes her realize um, that she's in love. Um, she Maybe didn't give it, but one. she did receive one. No. Oh, that's true. Does that count? If she's on the other end of the big embarrassing speech. Yeah. There's the Meg Ryan involved in a big embarrassing speech. I mean, it's an iconic speech. I want to give it, let's give it a point just for that. Just for. Great. I love it. Just it's for incredible. being, yeah. And we haven't and counted like, quirks yet. Oh, quirks. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I forgot quirks. All right. Allie, take us away. Oh, okay. good Lord. Um, two, City. four, six, eight, 10, 12. <laughs> I have 14. The quirks I have noted are doesn't like to eat in between meals has underwear with the days of the week written on them picky eater shown many times she puts the letters in very slowly into the mailbox one at a time and then i just wanted to give um and then this is just a this is something that uh dan lippert put into our rules which i really like which is um has seen stealing moment or most mm. iconic moment in yes. the film which is the orgasm scene absolutely oh, yes absolutely. plus two for there's that. a reason it was in every trailer yeah for sure i like that yeah i would 100%. also like to add to the Amazing. quirks um there's a scene where she's being extremely exact about money right at the beginning of the film which also feels very character building where she's yes. and yes. she's being very exact about yes. the totally. travel she's like i've plotted out every stop where we can stop after eight hours of driving and switch so two more for that yes 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 yes, yes. two more for that this would be 16 and then, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna add all of those for because Ellie had 14. Caitlin, with your two additional ones, that would be a 16 for you. And I'll put a 16 mm-hmm. for me as well because this movie was Quirk City. One, two points for Quirk. All right, Please. you guys, we have tallied up Kate and Leopold. We have tallied up when Harry met Sally. And mm. now we have the final scores. Mia? Mm. <laughs> Do you have 
the final tallies for these two iconic rom-coms. Two fierce competitors. <laughs> two All equally right. the was unforgettable. Equally unforgettable, <laughs> iconic films. Everybody, well, we I we all know and love Kate and Leopold, and we it's mm. one of the cinema's treasures. <laughs> well, you guys, in this neck and neck match, the refs have agreed, the whistles have been blown, and the crowd waits with bated breath. Kate and Leopold finishes the game at 71, while when Harry met Sally, favorites and predicted winners come in at 225 points. Everybody's getting chalupas! Woo! Everybody do the wave. The sports game is over. Oh, wow. 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 A blowout. A blowout. I can't say I'm surprised. Predictably. Who could? Who among us could? Well, you guys, what an excellent game. What an excellent discussion. And this is going to wrap it up for this round of March Magnus. Caitlin, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your sportsman-like conduct and for being on the pod. It has been absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for introducing me to When Harry Met Sally and the joy of that movie. I'm also going to start watching it every year. And thank you for making me rewatch Kate and Leopold, if for nothing else than Liev Schreiber's weird monologue when he's in the mental hospital. It was a trip. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Caitlin, do you have any social media things to promote or important romance advice for our listeners? Ah, oh, uh, sure. I'll do one of each. Okay. Um, please follow me on Twitter. It's Caitlin Hempstead, my name, but without the D on the end. So it's just Caitlin Hempstead. I would love it if you gave my little podcast mm-hmm. a listen. It's called Lizard People. Early episodes feature Ryan Middledorf, a, a, a sweetheart extraordinaire on the producing end of things. And relationship advice, you know, um, say what you really think of the person, but temper it with some niceness. You know, communication is important, but so is just taking 20% off the edge. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Honesty without tact is cruelty. That is a lovely, I don't know what you'd call that, an adage, but I feel like that's at the core of what you're pitching. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. I saw it on Kristen Bell's Instagram. I'm throwing it right down the middle. (laughs) I love her. There we, yeah. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. Fantastic. And also just fantastic advice. Caitlin, thanks you so much for being on the podcast. And thank you all so much for listening. We have a new episode out every week. And remember to subscribe and rate. We are brought to you by Campfire Media. And P.S. I love rom coms. I love rom coms. Me too. P.S. I love rom coms. I love rom coms. I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network. Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrows will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing. No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. 
It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have like a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. balder than it. you. You are balder than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire.